Learning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports tips, ratings and education, which enables you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com and start boosting your betting bank immediately. Welcome to the very first edition of the Winning Edge Racing Review Show, where our professional punters look back at the feature races from the weekend. My name is Brad Thompson, and I'm the host, and I'm joined by the Winning Edge expert analysts, Mark Roden from New South Wales Tips and Ratings, and Cameron O'Brien from WA Tips and Ratings. How are you guys? Good, thank you, Brad. Very That's well, thanks, Brad. That's the way. We'll kick off with Crawford from Saturday. Cam, we'll just run through the the four main Group 1 races and also a bit on trekking. We'll, we'll kick off with race five, the Herbert Powell. Yeah, the Herbert Powell, the Group 2, and then the Group 1's after that. But the Herbert Powell is worth talking about, obviously, because it's got connotations for the Caulfield Cup coming up this weekend uh, and races like the Melbourne Cup after that. Um, and actually, uh, it, it ran quite well. The chosen one being Prince of Aaron uh, with Sully in third. And there wasn't much of a margin between first and second, but there was three lengths to third. They ran pretty good time. Um, they, the race basically rated on time. Uh, they they went they went well. They went solidly in front and kept going. The chosen one went 115, and Prince of Aaron actually went a new uh, to a best. Well, I've got all these overseas ratings converted to our figures in here. Went 117, which is better than his previous best of 115 overseas. But it works out really well with all of the beaten brigaders. They were three lengths to third, and the others work out really well. The race has gone quite well. It hasn't gone as well as last year. When uh, when Yucatan bolted in, but um, but it has still gone quite well. And I expect the form for those two that hold up the chosen one and Prince of Aaron look like they're in really good form. So the chosen one would be a, a live chance in a Crawford Cup. Yeah, you, you, uh, I don't know what to wait because I'm ahead. 115 is a good figure. So yeah, it's 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 funny because New Zealand also haven't done anything like that. So in New Zealand, um, and it obviously had a couple of warm up runs. It was unlucky the Valley and then a warm up run. Caulfield, it's just found a new level there. It's just a matter of if it can repeat that, but it has gone very well. Also, Raheen House had a bit of a rap on him. Um, what did you make of his run? Yeah, uh, well, it's probably a bit disappointing. I, I quite liked Raheen House in the, in, the, uh, in the lead up to the race. It has some good figures. I haven't really had a chance to watch the replay fully with horses like it, so I need to have a look. But, um, but his overseas form was really solid. His figures were really good, so I'd be looking to see. And uh, Prince of Aaron was uh, second with a fair gap to third, so he's in for um, a, a good prep coming into the Cups. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think so for sure. Uh, whether he's got more than that is the question, but he found a line well as well. So, yeah, it's, it's, that's what I say. Those two are the two I'd want to be following. I mean, Sully has gone to, to its best. Um, whether he can find more now, I don't know, but he's got his best and just couldn't keep up that last bit. And that's, when you look at the replay, that, that's where it looked really good because the other two sort of just were stronger for the last 150, 200 metres or so. Yep. And Flip took out the 1,000 guineas by the skin of her teeth. Yeah, very, very lucky um, in the end because Flip was in front on the line but was behind a metre or two before the line and behind a metre or two after the line and fell in one just managed to get the gaps at the right time and just for a two dollar thirty thing, so you'd almost be embarrassed collecting on I thought it was it was a win, but it didn't go it flipped one hundred and nine up in Sydney, um, in the Silver Shadow Stakes, uh, two starts ago. It was obviously just a complete forget run in the uh, prelude, doesn't it's prelude. But she's only got hundred and seven and done that. It's sat on the rail and, you know, just got the gap through and just got the win. It was a, yeah, it wasn't the wasn't the best thousand guineas we've ever seen. The one 
down the outside who was nearly run down was probably the better run going ahead. But yeah, it didn't break great, the race. Um, 107 for a thousand guineas winners, not, not really a big figure. Caulfield Guineas has gone about a length and a half better. Um, so yeah, Flip maybe, I don't know, it's just only, is it fitter or is, you know, it's sort of been up for a little while, been up for a few months, it's only had a few runs while it's been up that period of time. So it's a hard one to work out like that. Tenley might be a chance to press onto the Yokes, maybe. She wasn't a bad run. Yeah, um, yeah, the, 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 that's what I'll be looking for, those, the runs behind who closed it out, okay? Um, and that's that's where you want to find it, you know, to find those ones from there and, and watch the replay. Because the, the Oaks is a completely different race, obviously. Uh, and it's a, it's a bit of a track betting race because it's all about who will get that 2,500 metres. And, yeah, well, obviously, you wouldn't be thinking of the likes of Flip in a race like that, but um, it's yeah, it's, it's a matter of three stages. The Oaks is not a great race to bet, really. If, if it's not a biased track, which it sometimes can be, then it really is just better if he gets the trip, or if there's a classy filly who's just better than you know, like a machine that can bolt him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the thousand guineas. I, I'm not expecting it to be a great form race, so some horses will come out and improve as they get over through. Crawford Stakes, we had the import Cape of Good Hope just running down Blackheart Bart. Yeah, so Blackheart Bart's gone exactly the same as what he did to start before when he won. He's 117 there, he's at 117 again, and, and, and that's that's what he used to do. I think I think on memory his best is about 119, but he was always able to do those 117, 118 figures. And so the query was whether Smith could get him to repeat the 117 again as a nine-year-old, or whether he just you know managed to get him up for this one day. But he's held it, nearly won the race, and so it lines up really well to work out what the rest of them have done. And, Captain's Good Hope, therefore, has gone 115. He's no one. He's gone to a new top first start in Australia. His best overseas is 111. And so, yeah, he's obviously going well. Uh, it's obviously done well there. It's a good figure. Um, Harlem, I liked the other race. Harlem went 114, and he's just on the just on a nice upward pattern. He's, he's, uh, he's gone sort of nothing. He's done. This is what he does as well. He has a couple of very quiet runs inside of his prep. He went 90, 98, then up to 111 in the Underwood, and he's gone to 114 here. Yeah, that's only half a length off what he did win in the Australia Cup in the autumn, um, and he's, which was 115. His best is 117, and he won the Australia Cup the year before. He's um, progressing really well, Harlan. He's the kind who comes out when it's his grand final, he does a peak. The Villiers went OK, 114. Uh, Hewitt was a good run. Hewitt has got 114 as well. Uh, he just got back to the rail and, you know, he looms as a bit of a chance here and fitter for that, so he's travelling well as well. That, that could be a race where, yeah, it's rated pretty well. It's rated about a length, half a length to a length better than um, expectation. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it should be a reasonable form race as well. I'd just, I'd just say about Avilius, I'm, I'm coming around to the view that he really needs a soft track yeah. um, to go to his best now. Um, we probably didn't think that when he first... Uh, arrived in this country, but um, his two really dominant wings in the autumn at Rose Hill and the Rambit and the Tancred were on um, heavy tracks. Um, he got back to his best on a soft seven, or I think it was at Randwick last time, and the what used to be called the George Main. Um, and uh, I mean, he wasn't suited really on Saturday, but I I think he's really going to go to the, those high numbers on soft tracks uh, from here on in. Yeah, uh, and I just a question. What, uh, uh, Holmesman was awful, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had his chance. I mean, he'd gone well at Mingali, and then he'd gone well in the Underwood. He just, just didn't find him. He was well fancied. He just didn't find him. He just got just really, really well set up for him. Um, yeah. And he, yeah, he just didn't produce. He got the right run, and just, yeah, it was a disappointing run. So you need to find out what's going on with him there. Galo, shots going probably better than people realised. He, um, 
did 140 in the Underwood, and although he's finished seventh, he's finished seventh beating two lengths in the course of stakes here. And so, I mean, he had a long time off, uh, obviously, prior to his prep, and so he's, he sort of he keeps improving with each run. Um, so he's, he's not, you know, he's two or three lengths off his desk, but he, he might he might yet get back closer to that yet. Give him a soft track too, and he'll find his best, I think. Yeah, and that's Suzuka Dinius was the other one who uh, settled last and worked out okay, rated okay. Don't know a great deal about it, only got, you know, a little bit of insight on it, but uh, was an okay run first going straight. So for those looking at Avilius for the Cox Plate, does he need a soft track to win that? I would, I'm, I'm saying yes now. I, I, I think I've seen enough evidence to think that he is a couple of lengths better on, on the soft, and if he wasn't at his absolute best, um, I don't think he'd be winning it. Um, no, no, no. Reminds me of seen that Valley. I mean, he ran fourth in it yeah. uh, last year. The only one in there that day. Yeah, he's not screaming many value horse to me either, but um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be entertaining him on a soft track and not so keen on the dry at this stage. Yep. Yeah, to your point. Um, those, those two big wins in Sydney, as you say, were very wet tracks because, you know, Sydney often gets in the autumn. I'll keep an eye on the weather for Melbourne. Um, on to the Corfu Guineas. Quite an amazing finish by Super Sestanab Alligator Blood. Yeah. yeah, well, he did. It's one of those ones, a bit of an optical illusion. Um, Alligator Blood, just uh, to use an old saying, Mark, I know he's ran out of ratings. He, he got to his top in with about 100 minutes to go and he just, just began to paddle. And um, he ran 109, that same as he did in start before. Um, and he... Um, and he just couldn't find that a little bit more. And Super Seth finished really strongly, but um, Alligator Blood was out on his feet. Um, and Super Seth found... Interestingly, Super Seth has gone under nine. He went under four when he was made on debut, and, and and then he'd only repeated that basically three ago when he went under five with McNeil. And then he didn't have any luck last start. Forget that. But um, but then he's gone to his top level here, 109, and it was obviously just enough to win. It's not a bad rating. It's a pretty good rating. As I say, they're... <clears throat> They've gone about lengths and half better than the thousand guineas. Um, and Alligator Blood went to went to as the same as what he did. Other horses like Ground Cold Close did okay. Um, and yeah, but Super Seth looks the one who he certainly had uh, you know, he's certainly going well on the line. He'd be one for the future of two thousand metres, that kind of thing. Alligator Blood looks like a miles about about all he pretends. Well to be honest, he might, might he might only want the fourteen hundred, but he's only hundred nine on the mile, but he wouldn't have wanted any further on Saturday. Yep. Dubidar was good, the Sydney Gray. He's actually building a bit of a base, isn't he, Cam? He's um, just putting consistent performances together. Um, the, the, this level isn't good enough to win anything of note. You know, he might be, you know, he get away with that 1,800 metre race on Oaks Day uh, for the three-year-olds or something like that. But if he was to win a better race, he'd have to go to another level. But he's got the platform to get there. Man. He does. He's only had one bad run, and that was on a heavy track. Um, otherwise, he's... Everything's between, everything's been about a length and a half, of, you know, uh, between, within about a length and a half of each other, uh, all those ratings. And so he's the kind of horse that screams that, yeah, there's another level coming, whether it's this prep or whether it's, you know, in the autumn. Um, You've seen him come back in the autumn, he'd be well and truly looking. He's been doing 100, 203 the last few starts the grades, like that. Yep. And, um, and so he's done it so regularly, with the exception of that failure of heavy, that, that you'd sort of say, well, yeah, he's got 107, 108 coming at some point. It's just a matter of if he can do it this prep or not. I mean, he's having, you know, his sixth or seventh start, so you'd, you'd sort of think maybe in his next prep, you know, as Mark says, he might get away with the race with his 103s um, at Flemington because he can get some sort of weaker ones there, the 1,800 metre races. But, um, but yeah, there's definitely a base for another little next prep. Yep. Fierce Impact was quite dominant winning the Turok Handicap. Yeah, it certainly was. 
Mark, if you want to talk about that horse, it's one you know more than me. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he, he brings the Colding Form Liner. He brought the Colding Form Liner into the race, which um, uh, in retrospect, he could have made a case for the horse in the race because Colding came out of the Bill Ritchie. Uh, actually, uh, I don't know if he went to a new level, but he, he rated really well with 50 and a half, which if, if you're using weight to rate with is, is actually quite difficult to do, to, to drop in weight like that and still maintain your rating. That shows that's a very big tick. And uh, Fierce Impact looks to have uh, pulled out uh, the best run of his career. He, yeah. Uh, Williams going to fly uh, here. Oh, the, everyone's going to, and they're right, the Night's Watch had no luck whatsoever. So he, he was obviously on to produce a big rating himself, and he's... Uh, McDonald rode him for a bit of luck up the inside and he didn't quite get it. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, I suppose, you know, with 2020 hindsight, the Colding form line, Colding won the Epson from Tiakau Shark in a, in a good rating Epson. So he could have made the case through that form line for fierce static impact, but I certainly wouldn't have found it. I, I didn't think he was as, he had the capability to do what he did on Saturday. You think, to, to me, the reason he won on Saturday, just almost in replay, it, it was a genuine run to rack, as they often are. Um, but um, he really appreciated it because he, he doesn't really have gears, but he was able to just take over and maintain his strong one pace run. Um, yeah. If it had been a sit sprint two rack, I, don't, I think he would have been flat footed and not really able to. He certainly wouldn't have 116 in a sit sprint. Um, it's, it's a bit of a um, uh, Matthew Smith's taken a leaf out of the Waller playbook here for the big mile races in um, Waller and Sydney. Often like uh, to. Um, have a 2,000 metre horse in a race like that and um, yeah. he'd often give him a 2,000 metre lead up and drop him back to the mile. Smith hasn't done that with this impact but he's certainly um, got good 2,000 metre form. Um, yeah. That's where he was strong at the end of the race. He was, and yeah, I, don't think, I just think it was a race that set up for him really, really well and I think you've seen his absolute top there and it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was you know, a pretty good ride by Williams as well. He, had, he understood what he had under him and, and put him in the race at the right time and just let him just keep going, well, not kick, but just let him just keep rolling basically once he took over. Yep, yep. And in the last we had Trekking take out the Shalachi and uh, he's got a spot in the Everest now. Yeah, yeah, the Everest is more marked thing, I suppose, but um, I, I thought Trekking probably went went to his top there. Um, he got up inside and, and I, I thought he was potentially peaking on, on his run a little bit late. Uh, ball muscle went pretty well. Um, yeah, I thought that, that was probably probably his top up. Yeah, I don't think that's really enough for the Everest, though, is it, Mark? No, uh, but all three place getters have gone well. The Bostonian, uh, you know, ran up to his good winter Queensland form as well. He ran really well. Um, ball of muscle. Uh, I saw Joe Pride saying he's just decided he hates Mooney Valley now, even though he's won there years ago. His last few runs there have been awful, and he, he bounced back to his very best or uh, What's probably his very best now as an older horse. Yeah. Um, Trekking, yeah, he's a, he's a good horse. Um, th- this was his race. They've got their Everest slot, which is uh, great, but um, he'd need to improve or need others to fail to be winning Everest, I'd say. Yeah, well, he's done 114. 140 is not going to win unless a lot of them fail. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, and um, Mark, we'll just go to a couple of the main Sydney races. We'll kick it off with the Roman Consul with Cosmic Force winning. Yeah, um, he, I actually backed him first up in the Heritage. He uh, was slightly, slightly away and didn't, um, he was beaten by Standout, who, who ran second one, so the uh, first up he was beaten by Standout, who had the absolutely perfect run on the rails, which was the place to be at uh, Roseville that day. But um, once Cosmic Force jumped to the front here, he, he wasn't going to get beaten. He um, returned to his best. Um, 
his best ratings, one by length and a half. He was challenged at 150 by uh, that Hawk Ruffy Dirty Work, who ran a great race, but uh, couldn't, couldn't maintain it to the line. Stand out again, got the right run on the fence, ran really well. He, uh, he's better than I thought he was. He's had a great first campaign. This is his first prep. He's won three and run second once, going from maiden to you know group two level now. Uh, the, the interesting one to talk about, uh, you know, especially looking at these horses coming down to the, you know, the Coolmore on, on Derby Day and races like that, uh, and maybe the Derby, I suppose, on final day, um, is microphone. Um, I was talking to a guy who looks at him in the yard in Sydney and he said he was, uh, to use the euphemism, very, very cultish in the amount of yard and his mind might be on other things as a, um, as a spring um, three-year-old cult now. Um, I, his trial at Warwick Farm to prepare for this, I thought was very ordinary. He, he took riding and was hardly, you know, running through the line or anything. So, I, um, I, I didn't want any part of him on Saturday, and I, I thought he was just plain. He, um, he ran okay, but he wasn't at his top. And if his uh, his mind's on other things, he uh, um, they might struggle to uh, get that big uh, group one win out of him as a three-year-old. But um, well, he's in the spring anyway. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yep. Yeah. In the spring champion, we had Shadow Hero quite dominant, beating Casavecchia. Yeah. yeah, look, was, I, I think on our ratings, the, the time compared to the earlier 2000 metre race that Master of Wine won, uh, Master of Wine absolutely flew um, up to 2000 metres, one by four lengths. But they've run uh, six tenths slower overall and come home the last two, four, six slower. So this race can't rate, you know, through the roof. Um, Master of Wines, a benchmark 88 horse, he'll be obviously looking to progress to listed races or country cups or races of that nature, but, you know, he's certainly not a weight for age class horse or anything. Uh, what I will say is Shadow Hero is um, is just crying out for distance. He was he, he looked in trouble uh, at the top of the straight, uh, and he just sort of, he doesn't have an electrifying turn of foot, but he's very strong, and He's a short price favourite for the Derby, and even though he hasn't rated that well on Saturday, uh, I think that's fair enough because he's just going to eat the uh, 2500. And yeah. um, and the Victorian middle distance three year olds don't look to be much good, so I, I think it's probably his race to lose. Um, the, I think Castor Vecchio is an interesting runner. He was he was jumping from 1400 to 2000 in one hit the other day. Uh, the track pattern didn't suit him at all. Um, it was it was on pace. Uh, favoured, it was nearer the rails favoured and he was neither and he still um, he still was able to make up a lot of ground and run second um, notwithstanding that Simon Sectionals weren't great but if they could go, to, he's a horse I think that if he could go to his best and it's a you know average Cox plate that we uh, as we said earlier he could be you know a flippers chance with the uh, with the lightweight but um that's a bit left field. I don't know if they're going to head that way or not, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk them out of it if they, if they were thinking about it. Because you know, we've seen in the past horses like oh, I think yeah, um, Saddleville won this race back in the early mid two thousands. He copped a weak year, and uh, with the weight advantage, was able to get the job done. Now Castelvecchio has run second, but he's been unsuited in it. So it's you know, it, it's certainly not without precedent that he could run some sort of race in the Cox Plate. So um, he's the one I'm looking going for. Horses can pinch the cock fight a bit, um, and Savile did that um, by being on pace and a moderately run, as Mark said, week here, um, yes. and just, just having a superior turn of foot. It became a 300-metre race. 
Yeah, Casper um, Vecchio won't get that because it seems like he has to be ridden cold, so that's another yeah. negative for him. But yeah, well, yeah. Figures, if it turned into a high pressure cops fight, you know, when they, they can all take off early, he could be last man standing, but you know, he, 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 um, yeah, in that respect, if that a horse like Humidor is probably going to be well suited as well. Um, yeah, who, who's obviously run well on Cox Plate before. But yeah, so it's, 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 there's nothing jumping out for the Cox Plate though at the moment anyway. Oh, the 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 the, uh, the overseas was just favourite. Probably started, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Was, was well, look at Melbourne. We keep getting some, you know, keeping these age hundred to one chances or you know overseas horses at twenty to one bobbing up and winning all the group ones. It's, uh, yeah. it's and the bit. first horses. We get the first horses winning. <laughs> the first horses, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Northern, Northern Cup winners. Um, onto the Silver Eagle, we had the inevitable was strong winner of the race. Two really nice uh, four-year-olds here, the inevitable and Fasika. Uh, the result just went slightly wrong way for me. I was on Fasika. I thought she was a great price. Um, and I wanted to back the inevitable as well, as any of uh, the subscribers who are listening to this would know. I wanted 350 and it never never really looked like getting there. It was always it was pretty solid around the $3, $3 mark and just a little bit better. Um on paper before the race, they were the two that stood out, and they both ran really well. Um, kind of race park where, where if, if either of them were in on their own, they'd just be a good thing. And, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, might, might, might have been back on their own, but they happened to be against yeah. each other. Yeah. I, I thought it was a good two-horse play. I just wanted to be a bit better price for winner, unfortunately. And the reason I thought Paseca was such a good uh, bet at the price is uh, I sort of correctly forecast the pattern, i.e. Uh, rather than run best. And I thought for Seeker was a certainty to get to the rails, and it actually did because Jonka flew out from gate one, which was a little bit unexpected. And then um, while Rachel King was sort of processing that, Madame uh, Rouge uh, nipped in behind her from gate three and held her out for the box seat position. So that um, that sort of messed up that plan. Um, whether that's made the difference, I don't know, because the inevitable was trails um, for Seeker in the run. Nash just followed. Um, Rachel King everywhere in the run and was just too good in the straight. I, I was just hoping that Fasika might get a bit of a better run than Inevitable in transit, but that's not the way it panned out. I'm, I'm not going to complain too much about that. And, and even though she didn't find the rail, she gave it a, a beautiful run and she was only one off the fence. So I don't want, really want to use that as an excuse. And um, the Inevitable has rated to the same level as he, he did in that absolutely fantastic win at Mooney Valley the start before back in September. And Fasika's actually gone... Uh, roughly a length better than she ever has before. So, yeah, we can't be really uh, claiming any hard luck, luck tales there. But, uh, all I can say is they've both gone really well. Um, Mizzy in third um, had been really well suited in all her three wins. Um, so far, she wasn't quite as well suited um, on Saturday, so didn't quite go to her best, but still ran well. She's had a great campaign. Uh, Madame Rouge, I've touched on, she, she's a nice sort of, second level horse at this class you know, so there might be uh, some black type for her and a, a listed level or something like that down the track uh, and do your videos because as I said uh, about that pattern uh, there are a few that were unsuited who uh, are worth forgiving as well yep. one thing I'll say Brady is um, <clears throat> it's very pleasing for both Mark and I when horses like the inevitable rate high at Mooney Valley or somewhere in Victoria and go up to New South Wales and, and, and repeat it and it just shows the benefit of having you know national database where we rate everything uh, and so we can line up these interstate things because obviously now at this time of year everything's travelling from everywhere to come to either Melbourne or Sydney to contest these races and it's vital to have 
the right ratings you know, for the interstate horses. Cam, on the weekend, you must have been pretty happy with racing returning to Ascot. You were up 10.8 units and then a couple of nice winners. Yeah, I um, I hoped that uh, Ascot, to be honest, I would prefer to race there the whole year because it does get wet in the winter and Belmont drains better. But Belmont was really tricky this year, this season, more so than normally. They had more rain in Perth than they normally do. And Belmont, every meeting, the rail was the rail was moving all the time, but it was moving. So it went through a pattern of moving. It'd be say true or a couple of meters, and then move out, 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 and then get out to out to eighteen meters, down to twenty two meters, and twenty two is as wide as they go with the rail. And at that point, I think it's at the eighteen meter mark is where they introduce the cutaway because the track size is too narrow by that point. When put the rail out so far from the true, and as a result, it was really hard to get an idea of um, how it was going to play because it was you were always on different ground to what you were in the previous meeting and the meeting before that. Um, and while you're able to say the further the rail goes out, generally the more on pace advantage with the weather conditions that had as well, it didn't always work out that way. And so Belmont was just really tricky this winter. And I know reading some people, post, post people putting on racing forums and that as well, a lot of people were really struggling with Belmont. So, so when, they, when finally got back to Ascot, I was just very pleased and then obviously to back three winners in five races and all of them at good prices. Yeah, just, you know, there's nothing like a bit of confirmation biases there. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, I was yeah, very pleased to get to, to get that. And that's got played really well. Um, the rail was three metres, um, which is, yeah, which is when it plays quite, you know, as fair as it plays. It's always better to be on pace at that spot, but, um, but uh, especially over the shorter trips. But, um, but, but it's, you can't you can win from behind if the pace is okay, and some of our horses did win from just off pace anyway. And yeah, we had a really nice, really nice day. It was a very, very profitable day, and we finished it well at Terrell on Sunday as well, with one winner at seven or eight dollars out of the three races as well. Um, it was an okay meeting. Obviously, Perth is going to have some good uh, races coming up. Obviously, Melbourne is the best uh, racing for the next. Well, aside from Sydney this week, we've you know, some good races there. Melbourne's obviously got Caulfield Carp and, and, and the Carnival and Swimmington, but then after that, get straight into things like the railway uh, and uh, and Perth racing really good and Ascot should be nice and dry and fair. And so it's going to be a good time coming up in Perth as well. And uh, the meeting on the weekend was okay. There was, yeah, there was a disappointing one in the in the favourite in, uh, in, in the main race, the $100,000 race, who I really liked, but uh, Slurry Queen. But... Uh, it, it, it ran, actually, I'll, I'll talk about it briefly now. I'll just get to the race. That horse had gone 104 on debut, winning over 1,200 metres, and then it looked really good. It, it had a month off and come back to um, 1,000 metres, which is a problem, a question mark, obviously, but um, I still thought it's Williams and Pike. I still thought, well, it's a little fresh enough, it'll be okay with 1,000, but it ended up being a moderately, it was actually probably really a slowly run 1,000 metre race, but um, uh, the final sectionals that were were quick because they went quite moderately in front. Um, normally, the 1,000-metre races with our, with our method uh, will just rate on time or maybe need a smaller bonus for a moderate pace. This one needed a bigger bonus than normally with a 1,000-metre race. So when it settled midfield and and then uh, and then tried to run them down, that is, over 1,000 metres would be a slowly run race. It wasn't able to do it. The winner went okay, but the race, the winner, I think, I think what people find is people think the winner went better than actually went. Um, the millions on fire went okay, but only rated 97. Uh, Celebrity Queen, who'd gone 104 on debut, has come back five and a half lengths in the 93 and getting beat. So, a bit of question marks as far as well, I don't know the question marks about Celebrity Queen. I think, I think she's like a nice horse, but that race hasn't gone that well. The 
the best race on the day actually um, was race uh, race six, which was just a seventy-eight benchmark race, but was called Cup. It was seventy-eight benchmark race over fourteen hundred metres, but they've gone really well. Cup night, the winner who had won, uh, what's that? One, two, three, four, five. Uh, it ran six of last seven runs. Has now won seven out of eight. It was on his last day. Had starts before that. But it's um it's got 107, uh, which is a good figure for a seventy thousand dollar benchmark seventy eight race. So you could certainly come across and steal some of Melbourne's group races. Uh, that's probably good fun. But um, he's got 107. The Velvet King, who's a horse who's won far more races than it's lost, has got 110. Uh, and he, he had a whole solid 106 uh, pattern going all throughout his career so far. It's got 110. So it's lost the 110, 111 horse. And then there was. Uh, horses in uh, like um, imagine if you nearly pitched the race at 105. That's a good race. So that that race, race six, the benchmark 78. That I think there'll be plenty of winners coming out of that race based on the times and sectionals they ran. I think you're up uh, 15 units for the two days, so you've kicked off yeah. the Ascot season well. Yeah, I'm loving it. The warmer weather, the, yeah, Ascot and, uh, and the dry tracks over there now with with the sort of having passed, it should be pretty plain sailing in Perth from here as far as uh, from racing conditions point of view and it's got to apply the method and yeah it should be finding hopefully a steady stream of winners in, uh, in theory alright guys um, anything else we need to tick off before we go is, is it Caulfield Cup week or Everest week well the Everest you mean the uh, w- w- what's its classification it's not a group race I'll <laughs> 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 wait for age race um, I um, last year when I was on Guinea's Day it was a great day's racing there was Good racing every 20 minutes from Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah. Um, I, uh, as a betting race, for me, the Everest is a, I mean, I concentrate on Sydney, but, you know, even if I didn't, a race like the Everest would hold more interest for me than a, the, the races like the big cups now because, and you can imagine how, the, the, you know, the your average punter feels. I mean, you've got to try and line up all this overseas form in, in both the Caulfield and the Melbourne Cup now. It, it really makes it impossible. You can't, like, follow a local stayer all the way through from you know, August or September through to the big races now because they're just going to be outclassed by one of these imports of the day in most cases. Um, whereas a race like Everest, we, we've all the build-ups in front of you and here we are on Grand Final Day and it's just going to be, um, you know, do your form and take your pick. Everything's there for you to see. Let's just hope the Everest isn't marred by another wet track. And, um, and beautiful weather all week. Yep. going to be good. Good track. Nice, good pace. Fair amount of land to get over the top of them. <laughs> It's a very open race. Is there any horses you can put a line through at the moment, or you're still having a look at uh, Sunlight. Sunlight's Sunlight. not good enough, I agree. Um, and I think he's at a top down the straight, I'd suggest, then. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll put a line, yeah. Trekking. Yeah, trekking Nature Strip. Um, uh, no, at 1,200. Hmm. And I would say, look, just looking at the... Um, you know, the, the the market as it stands tonight, uh, everything $13 and short, uh, everything about sunlight, say Klasika Legend, everything and everything uh, shorter than Klasika Legend has got a chance in the race. I'm not... Uh, Alizé can win at her best, but um, who, um, I think it was the missile, uh, whatever her first up uh, was in August, rated terribly, so I'm not 100% sure how she's going. Um yeah, all the others are, you know, live chance and, yeah, great race. Um, if, if the rain had come, I'd have been very keen on Pirata, and he's certainly not able to on the drive, but um, the drive track probably takes away a little bit of his edge over the others. 
Sam Adelaide, Katie Queen, even old Redzel, yeah. Good race, good field. It's going to be, yeah, it should be a good betting race. An exciting race. All right, boys, thanks for your time, and we'll chat next week. Good luck on the punt. Thanks very much, Brad. At Winning Edge Investments, we have a team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters who review the data, crunch the figures, and assess the best betting opportunities, which are then delivered straight to your phone or inbox in real time so that you profit. 